It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you being empowered with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money as our deal diggers as we move through the Christmas season. We'll look for ways to save you money around the clock, seven days a week. Now, my goal is to be of service to you. That's what I do. But there are times that you feel, I don't get the job done. I want you to know that it's really important to me that you feel that I am giving the right information, the right opinion, and the right advice. When you feel I don't, Please take time out of your day to let me know and your fellow listener know where I did come up short in your opinion. That's why we have Clark Stinks as a message board at Clark.com. You can go there. You can post. Say where I didn't do my job right. Other people can read it, comment on it, and I learn from it. And then weekly, our producer, Krista, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks, and then we share them with you here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Grandpa Howard. Grandpa? I haven't made it to being a grandpa yet. That's the title of this post. The use of the term techie by many normals, especially older normals, is the equivalent of an elder pinching the cheeks of a whippersnapper. The better terms to use for those technically literate slash proficient would either be a technologist or a technophile. File sounds too much like file, F-I-L-E, L-O-L. I appreciate that you have a strong interest in technology from your CES coverage and your layman reporting of security disasters. By the way, Internet Relay Chat, IRC, is still available and in use with many young technophiles. JJ to the 4884. So techie is a bad word? Never heard that before. Okay. It's not a bad word. I think they're just saying it's like old school. Like they don't want to recall that. Do not rely on vehiclehistory.com as a quality source of info regarding the history of a used vehicle. Clark identifies the site as a free resource, but the info is inaccurate. For example, and they put in a VIN, it shows nice clean on vehiclehistory.com, but Carfax and NICPB show damage slash total loss. Clark should pull his mention of them until accuracy can be assured. Well, I'll tell you what we should do. We should do a number of tests and see if that was a random problem with one vehicle or if that's a consistent problem. And if there is a consistent problem, then we will pull that reference. So what we'll do is we'll uh, buy a... Is it one month you buy a Carfax? Something where you get unlimited VINs? And we will run a bunch of vehicles through that test. And if it is a bad choice that I'm giving to get the alternative of free vehicle history checks, then we will pull that recommendation. I think Clark missed one important aspect when recently advising an adult child how to handle potential rent payments that a mother who recently moved into the adult child's home wanted to pay to help defer living expenses for that child. 
Clark advised using the IRS gift ex- gift exclusion as a clean, hassle-free way to, to accomplish this. This method ignores one important big possible drawback. If the elderly parent would require Medicaid-funded nursing home care, the gifting of money within the Medicaid-required five-year look-back period would probably cause a significant Medicaid ineligibility period, causing financial harm to the elderly parent and or the nursing home that admits the parent. Thanks, Bill. Bill, I appreciate that perspective. No one has ever brought up that giving below the $14,000 ceiling would cause a problem with Medicaid eligibility as a transfer of assets would be frowned on. Each state writes the rules on look back as they wish to interpret them. And that's one that I have never heard before. And so if that is the case, I stand corrected that there should be a formal rent that is charged. P.U., do you smell that? On the Thursday, October 26th podcast, it was another stinky Roth 401k over traditional 401k Clark comment. For most that have kids, because of the child tax credit, it's a no-brainer to do a traditional 401k. My first post, thanks for everything you do, Clark and team, Martin. Martin, thank you for that. And uh, my bias against the traditional 401k is based on the fact that with an aging population, I'm expecting that long term we're going to have higher tax rates. And especially if somebody is not earning a huge paycheck, there's a direct advantage to not getting the upfront benefit on your taxes in return for the money in the Roth 401k flowing to you much later down the road as tax-free money. Uh, On the issue of messing up tax breaks, it's why with any advice I give about the traditional 401k or doing traditional IRA versus a Roth, I say in most situations there are always exceptions, and you point out one about the child tax credit. Dear Mr. Howard, oh no! oops, my bad. I know you don't like to be called Mr. Howard, but my parents always taught me not to call my elders by their first name. After all, you wait, were- wait, this is the second one? I know. Busting on me about being an old guy? After all, you're a few months older than I am. In the interest of being a little less formal, here's a compromise. Let me start over. Dear Mr. Howie, you just responded to a post about signing up for my social security if your credit is frozen. You gave great advice to thaw your credit report with Equifax in order to sign up. But there's an alternative. If you happen to have an SSA office nearby, you can appear in person with appropriate ID and sign up that way without having to thaw your credit file. Rick in Wexford, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Rick. And you also get to meet a bunch of very interesting people while you wait, because some Social Security offices, you're going to wait a while. I've I've gone with somebody before and got a chance to make all kinds of friends in the waiting room. Uh, At least as far as my credit union is concerned, Clark stinks. I tried to find out what the CEO of our credit union was paid. I thought as a shareholder, I should be able to know. Our credit union stacks the annual meeting with employees who vote the way management wants them to. My request for disclosing CEO salary was defeated, and only those who management approves are elected to the board. And what would that mean that I would want you to do? If you're in a credit union that is not following the whole idea of what a co-op is supposed to be about, that it's there by and for the membership, 
it probably means that you need to fire that credit union and go to another one. There are credit unions that get infected with bank virus and learn to misbehave like a bank. And it sounds like you're in one of those. Because the irony is that the money that bank executives make when it's a publicly traded bank, that information ends up public anyway for a co-op like a credit union to keep executive salaries secret really smells. That's a credit union stinks, right? Yes, and this is another one about a call about a credit union. This is not really a Clark Stinks, but I heard the phone call about the credit union planning to charge $4.95 per month to keep an account open. That happened to me with a, a small local bank. We've been a customer for over 40 years. I reminded the lady how long we've been account holders and told her if they started charging me a fee, I would close my account. Long story short, we still have our account and there will be no monthly fee. Speak up. Wonderful, wonderful. And, you know, when that came up about the credit union, that is just what happened at that credit union that we were hearing from people about is enough members made a fuss that they uh, offered to everyone who asked a free checking account instead of moving people to the fee checking account, which I think the poster's right was like four ninety five a month or four fifty a month, something like that. Clark stinks every time some Yahoo complains that he has used a word or phrase that is, in quotes, offensive. He will always apologize profusely for it. Stop it. Last week, someone found the term Looney Tunes as used for the Las Vegas shooter offensive. And sure enough, Clark immediately apologized. I even remember a time he was called out for saying someone must have been dropped on their head. These hypersensitive people need to get over it. You can't step out the door without offending somebody these days. Love the show, but you have offended me by being so nice to everyone. (laughs) Okay. Why do I react how I do about people's complaints about language? The reason is, is that our culture is coarse right now and people are hypersensitive. There's a real raw edge today. And I don't want to be part of the problem. I, I am very frustrated by the lack of trust we as Americans seem to have in each other. I am particularly annoyed by people who are tribal about their political allegiances. The people that are Democrats want nothing to do with Republicans and distrust them. And same thing with Republicans towards Democrats. We are all Americans. The differences between us are far less than what seems to be driven in the passions of the day. And I can tell you as a student of history, in prior times when America has been raw like this, when you look back reading the history, it makes no sense. You can't at all relate in the context of a different era. And this era will pass too. But I ask all of us, I ask you, If you are in this frenzy about distrust of other Americans, about thinking ill of other Americans, please step back and remember the enemy is not here, the enemy is out there. And we give aid and comfort to the enemy, those who wish to harm us or destroy us outside the United States. When we as Americans waste our time looking for what we don't like about each other, or questioning the motives of each other instead of remembering what a great country we have and our disagreement should be settled without being disagreeable. 
Hello, I am an avid listener and convinced my wife to follow Clark's hotel booking guide to make a reservation at a hotel in San Francisco. Oh, this isn't going to end well. I can tell already from the preamble. <laughs> Clark's advice failed us. My wife booked blind on Hotwire paying up front. Funny thing about that was the taxes and fees were supposedly half of the room rate, so the total savings on the original rate listed on Hotwire did not turn out to be very much. Worse, the hotel gave my wife a bill stating that it needed to be paid upon checkout. Bleary-eyed at three in the morning, she paid the hotel, not knowing for sure whether Hotwire had processed the initial payment. So now she has paid twice. To top it off, the amount she paid at the hotel was less than the payment made to Hotwire when booking blind. We are in the process of trying to have one of the payments reimbursed to us. Hopefully, the higher payment to Hotwire is forgiven. But at this point, we'd be happy with paying that and simply receiving a refund from the hotel. Clark's advice on booking a hotel blind stinks. It sure would be nice if he would give us some advice on how to get out of this mess. Thanks, Jim. Jim, that sounds like an absolutely horrific series of events you had at the hotel. And I am really, really sorry about that. You should dispute the charge with both the hotel and with Hotwire. And I would also direct you to call Hotwire. Well, usually it's customer no service, but stay persistent with Hotwire customer no service. And they need to get this fixed. And what would be best is a three-way phone call with Hotwire customer no service and with the hotel to resolve it. Also, go on TripAdvisor and post a review of the hotel and the problem you're having with the billing for the hotel. Keep it short, keep it simple, and the hotels monitor the postings on TripAdvisor very closely, and odds are you will hear from the hotel within six hours after you post your experience on TripAdvisor. Remember, keep the post simple. Just say you had prepaid your room, they billed you for it anyway, and you can't get the money back from the hotel. Keep it that simple. I want to hear back from you that the charge gets resolved. And I appreciate all your posts. I learn from you. We all learn together. Please go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, And when you feel that I can do a better job at what I do, let me know. Michael's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Michael. How you doing? All right, Clark. Um, Was wondering about uh, peer-to-peer lending. You said in previous podcasts you were going to follow up and uh, haven't seen anything recently. Well, okay. I, I saw you waiting there to ask me about it, so I just signed in. And on Lending Club, something pops up right away and says, one or more of your notes has charged off. Uh-oh. So that means somebody has not paid me and uh, the other people that were part of the loan. And on Lending Club, including the net, uh, the net loan or loans that have failed on me, I'm getting a return of 6.03%. Now, that's down, I guess, because of the defaults. I was over 7%, but now I'm down at 6 I have right. 300 notes available, and my account value seems to be moving up fairly nicely on both it and on Prosper, although Prosper, I've done better. 
I'm making more money on Prosper than I am on Lending Club. That's just how I've done. And I should say, for people who aren't aware of what I'm talking about, uh, Prosper and Lending Club are where you can either pick individual loans yourself to be the lender to, or you can just go into a portfolio where you adjust the level of risk you're willing to take, and then they make those loans for you, and you don't make the whole loan to anybody. Your loans are split up among many investors. And on Prosper, it shows that I'm averaging 8.44% return. But that's just for now. I'm at the point where I can't uh, follow your guidance and uh, I can't make any contributions to any IRAs or Roth IRAs. So I have to do something with that money. And I was looking at maybe that was an avenue. So this is not like a normal investment and it's not like savings or anything like that. You are taking the role of a banker with the pluses and minuses of it. It's not a get rich quick thing, but the returns you'll get even with charge offs should be far beyond what you could earn in a savings account or CD. But you do stand the risk like any banker would. There are going to be people that go delinquent on you and there are going to be people who are going to default. So I have skewed my portfolio towards lower risk. Of the loans I've made, I've only made roughly a third of them to people with lower credit profiles. And I've made slightly more than two-thirds to people who are high credit score, lower risk. Well, the other option would be to buy municipal bonds, but the uh, with the uh, interest rates going up, the price... The value of the municipal bond holdings goes down. Right. Yeah, so... so and, and the returns I have on this ultimately will be taxable, but it's been something that's been a good experiment so far. It's going to make me some money... But it's not going to make me a ton of money. The downside risk seems very, very low unless you go into an ultra-high-risk lending profile. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, clark.com slash ask. So you go to post a question for me. You also can get your questions answered off the air from a member of our team. That's free, service of our show for nearly 25 years. We do that for more than 40 hours each week. If you go to Clark.com, scroll down a little, you'll see the hours and phone number Monday through Friday that we have free off-the-air advice available for you. So recently, I talked about deals on memberships at Sam's Club and Costco Wholesale. Very unusual for there to be a deal for Costco, but Sam's rotates through special offers to attract members, new members. And it's generated a number of questions like and comments like, well, there's just me. Why would I join one of those places? Because people have in their minds that when you go to a warehouse club, that if, it, if you're just one person or just a couple, that you're going to have to come home with a 10-year supply of toilet paper or enough spaghetti to last three years. And that the items that are sold there are in people's minds who haven't really spent a lot of time in warehouse clubs, that it's all bulk, bulk, bulk. 
It's just true with a very small number of items in a warehouse club, generally not with most things. And if you think about electronics, the warehouse clubs are a great place to buy them. There's a particular advantage buying electronics at Costco, buying on their card, if you have their credit card, because you get an automatic extension of the manufacturer's warranty of two years at Costco, and with the card you get an additional year. Sam's Club, if you're a premium member of Sam's, what's known as a plus member, they have a number of prescription drugs that are available to you in 30-day supplies for free. Oh, they've got the vitamin D that my doctor's bugging me to get. I can get it for free. Okay, thanks. All right. And see, I just found savings for me. You never know how you're going to benefit on our show. Anyway, and then they have over 600 generics on what they call their extra value drug list that you fill at $10 or less. And so those are just a couple of things. Costco has an incredible car buying program when you're buying a new car. Sam's has a new car buying program that is a good one. Costco's car buying program is extraordinary. Costco has such a large membership base that people in the car business resentfully refer to Costco as the nation's largest car dealer because they are responsible for so many new vehicle sales in the country every year with a membership base of, what is it, 60 million people or something? And it's a no-pressure, no-games, no-gimmick. Gasoline, another reason that you'd want to go to a warehouse club because ninety, probably 95% of the time, they are the lowest price in a market or tied for the lowest price in a market for gasoline. So there are any of a number of things. And for business owners, the credit card processing offered by the warehouse clubs is great. And in addition to that, Sam's Club does a phenomenal job selling supplies to businesses. Costco in their biggest markets has warehouse clubs known as business centers that are nothing but supplies for businesses. No consumer items at all in the massive warehouses. So the thing is, you may as an individual say, what's in it for me? Why would I do this? And why would I pay somebody 40 to $60 a year to be a member? All right, now here's something I say that they hate in the warehouse clubs. So split the membership with somebody. You have to list one address for both of you and say you're in a household, but there's no requirement that people be married or anything like that. And two unrelated people can be a member together. You just don't tell them that's what's going on. And, of course, you have the right to return your membership fee if I get you to sign up and then you've wasted your money They'll give you your money back. They'll refund your membership. So that's pretty good. David, warehouse club prices are way too high for you. You'd rather buy things used. Yes, hi, Clark. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. What's going Um, on? 
a while ago I heard you mention some websites that were worth looking at to sell like nice pre-owned clothes and you know I've unfortunately collected far too many nice clothes before I retired but I hardly wore and some I never wore and so hard to you know to sell pre-owned clothes but at the time I didn't have a pen and pencil when you gave the names and couldn't remember them thought maybe you could go over those again yeah so I've got a list at clark.com of these and okay. I have them designed for people looking to buy things at a good deal but they also work for you to sell things now if you have anything that's really high-end there are some that are geared that way there are some that are heavily geared towards women others towards men others towards younger people and so i want to mention a variety of them thread up which is one you would have heard me talk about before okay T-H-R-E-A-D, Thread Up. Got it. And um, a lot of people buy and sell used clothing on Etsy, which was not really the original design of Etsy. Yeah. Are you familiar with that, the artist site? Yes, I am. And I know there are people who use eBay heavily to sell shoes. Oh, okay. um, And jackets, but not necessarily... Uh, used clothing, but but accessories like shoes right. and jackets. Um, okay, well, if they're on your if, if it's on your site, I, I can look them up. It's really helpful. Yeah, and I want to tell you one for guys, particularly Grailed, which is one you probably heard me say before. Uh, yeah, I didn't write it down. Grailed, G R A I L E D. Okay, great. And then there are ones people go to in person, obviously. If you have stuff, you might want to do that way. But a lot of the ones in person are geared towards kids. But in high-income neighborhoods, do you live in an area where there's some uh, neighborhoods that have shopping districts that are really high-income? Well, I live in southern Connecticut. Oh, the highest income just about in the country. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. All right. So I'm betting you that there are some men's used clothing stores in Stamford or Greenwich or any of the very, very, I mean, gosh, you can name them all, all those towns are high right. income, where there would be high-end men's used clothing stores where you could consign at those. And because you're local with so many people who do have to dress up, that would be something you should look at as a way to score some money from your now surplus wardrobe. Sharon's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sharon. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Sharon. How can I be of service to you? Uh, well, thanks for taking my call. So sure. I saw your list of phones under 250 How do I make sure they have good sound? Uh, okay, so my list of discount phones that I have at Clark.com We're actually revising it right now because here's the crazy thing. The list that we did was after I was at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, in January of this year. Mm -hmm. And the list is almost prehistoric now, just so many months later, because the industry changes so quickly. Okay. But... Any of the phones that are, those phones I have listed are what they call in the industry, 
mid-price cell phones. Okay. And the sound quality of a mid-price phone will usually be absolutely fine. The biggest okay. difference you'll find typically with a mid-price phone versus the market leaders, the top Samsungs, the top iPhones, um, the Pixels from Google, I think the biggest difference you see is in the camera quality, not in the audio quality. The ability, okay. if you want to record stuff, anything like that, the audio quality should be absolutely fine. It's the video side that on the more bargain-oriented phones, you're not going to have, if you're really into taking crisp, high-quality photos, that you're not going to get on the $250 phones. Okay. Should I maybe wait till you update your list? Well, I'll tell you, if, if you can live in the Android world, there is a phone right now that's getting great reviews that's right in that sweet spot, and it's okay. the new Motorola G5 Plus and G5S Plus. There are some differences in the features with both of those. They're right in the mid-twos, and one of them is a 5.2-inch screen. The 5 Plus, the 5S Plus, is a 5.5-inch screen. Okay. And okay. the Motorola Thanks. phones are one that people tend to buy independently of one of the cell phone companies. Mm-hmm. You could also look, are you an Amazon Prime member? Yes. You could look at the Amazon Prime cell phones. Uh, are you familiar with the Amazon Prime cell phone program? No. All right, so for Prime members, Amazon has a line of cell phones from absolutely rock gut, dirt cheap, to phones that are a couple of hundred dollars that Amazon subsidizes your purchase of the phone because the phone comes with an Amazon home screen. Every time the phone comes live, they're hitting you with ads for Amazon stuff. And you just swipe your finger and get rid of the Amazon ad, and then you're potentially saving a lot of money. And Joel, you had something you wanted to add? Oh, no? No. Okay. So I think that, that if you look at the Amazon phones, because you're a Prime member, and, you know, with those phones... If you don't like one very quickly, you have the right to return it. Okay. So I think you'd not have to break a sweat finding a phone you'd be really happy with on any of the major networks at the $250 mark or below. And Joel, you want to do an Ask Clark. Yeah, Clark. Let's, it's Susan wrote in. She, said, she wants to know if you think Dashlane is a good product for her to use or not. So Dashlane is a service that you use in order to manage your passwords. And Dashlane is free. It operates on a freemium business model. And I think it's a wonderful way for you to have unique passwords at every site you use and be able to manage them. And it is a very, very um, solid idea whether they will ever be breached Who knows? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. 
Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Gregor is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Gregor. How you doing? Hi, Clark. I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call this afternoon. Certainly. Gregor, how can I be of service to you? Uh, well, Clark, my friends and I decided to do some early planning this year, so we ended up booking a hotel room for one night on New Year's Eve, uh, five months in advance of the event. Um, this is at a very in-high-demand location, and unfortunately our plans aren't going to work out this year, so we're going to end up having to cancel the reservation. Um, but we looked, and we found that the hotel is already completely sold out and booked up, and so my friend suggested, hey, maybe we can... Uh, sell the reservation and see if we can maybe make some money rather than just canceling it and possibly, you know, giving up a a hot room. So I thought I'd ask Clark and see if there's any free or legal ways to sell a hotel reservation and what some easy routes to do this might be. All right. So there is, Gregor, one website that I know of. I have not heard from people what their experiences are using it. But it's called RumorTravel.com, R-O-O-M-E-R, Travel.com. And so you put your room that's non-refundable up on there, and there's a button up in the upper right-hand corner, Sell Your Room, and click on Sell Your Room, and it walks you through how it works and you see if somebody wants to play that match game and buy the room from you. So you submit it, they post it, and if somebody buys it, you then get paid, and I guess they take a commission as part of the process. And then would I be able to list it at a price that I'm comfortable with, or does it go up for like an auction, or is there a choice, you know? So what you do is you post it, and... I don't know how the price is established. And so it says you fill out the reservation cell form, and then they validate that it's a real booking. And then generally, they walk you through what price you're most likely going to be able to sell it for. And so you're, you're not likely to get everything you paid, but you can submit it at the price you paid or the price you'd like. So the price can be more than what you paid, less than what you paid, or what you have in the room. Okay, and then so I guess I think the reservation is actually um, cancelable. So I was just thinking maybe if we could oh 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 you're oh oh I love this. I was going to see if we could I love this. You are you are a capitalist trying to figure out if you can leverage the room. Okay, that's funny. So yes, because it's so far sold out in advance. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say on here 
that it has to be a non-refundable reservation. It just says, submit your unused reservation. So maybe okay. they will allow you to do that. I've never thought of the purpose being to sell a cancelable a room that you could cancel. That's right, funny. That's safe either way. Okay. I, I can cancel it within three days. Otherwise, I can try to sell it and see if we can make a profit. All right. So, Gregor, I'd love it if you give us feedback on if this worked for you or if it didn't, why it didn't. Yeah, they have to try that out. Can I just email the show? Or yeah, just, just email, just like you did before. Kim will tell you how to do that. But I love this. This is like a Team Clark experimental group of one since we've never heard from anybody after I've talked about rumor travel who used it and what experience, if any, they had. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day, If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice.